This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back here. Kyle Matson of the Insiders. Jumping back on with us, Kyle says he has a surprise for us. So, just, just also, Man, on, just, just a quick heads up. On. Just tread lightly because he's really fired up about. He's still upset about things that happened last weekend. Says we navigate this conversation. Just be careful because the slightest thing could set my guy off. So I just want to put that out. You saw there. something that pissed me off. No, we we, we went over <laughs> that for like eleven minutes. So it's, it's well, good. I mean. I know that you know we're more than we're almost we're almost a week removed from the the what happened mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. at Allegiant yep. Stadium last yep. Sunday. Yep. <clears throat> um, Kenny, I'm I'm sorry. I told you I'd call you on Sunday. Uh, wasn't feeling up to talking. Well, that's fine. I wouldn't um, have picked up. And um, and I figured if I'm gonna if we're gonna like talk about this at all, uh. I probably need some help doing so. Um, so I'm going to phone a friend mm. if that's okay to, to help me oh, kind of get through this. And, hey, uh, hey, hey, that's, that's gotta hey, be that's look, gotta be Peterman. Look who's back. Well, I'll be there. It's it's <laughs> like the night after WrestleMania 14 when X-Pac came back to form the new DX. Yeah. It's just like What's that. The- <laughs> What's up, guys? How That's are you? That's gotta be Peterman. Chris Peterman is back. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, he's in the house. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Candlestick Chronicles. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please do. Great YouTube. podcast. Uh, search Candlestick Chronicles and uh, subscribe to the channel. Anyways. Well, this made me out. Um, well, I don't know. They're asking questions. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? What are you doing with him? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so you guys is, don't know what none surprise. of these drops means. No, no, you guys don't know what any of those drops means. That's that's what makes it funnier. Yeah, it's, it's just wrestling. No, and it's stuff, good. You know? That's right. Yep, yep. That's that's that's. So, right. anyways, this is Chris Biederman's music. I, I like that. Yeah, we missed you, man. What's up, big dog? I miss. I've missed coming on, man. It's been it's been far too long. I always enjoy seeing you guys at Kings games. Obviously, I see and, and talk to Kyle a ton, but. Um, to, to get back on the air with you guys, uh, it's always awesome, man. Yeah, you've hey, been in hell for the like last few months, into, so it's good Sacramento. Though. I see this guy at G-Unit concerts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I see Chris Peterman. Yeah. That's true. Um, that's let's true. just, I, I mean, you know what, let's just rip the bandit off. Chris, why do you want to trade Domas Sabonis? Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, hey! Oh! Man. Oh! <laughs> I have never said. I've never said I want to trade Domana Sabonis. That is okay, not, let, that is you're right. Come on, Kyle. Point. Grow up. Let's 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 do this the right way. <laughs> Chris, why do you hate Domana well, Sabonis? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a better question. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
No, so I I like Domanis Sabonis. He's obviously a great player. The numbers he's putting up, historic, right? Um, The question I would have, and man, you guys are really throwing me to the fire. (laughs) Chris is like, I'm going back to 11. I'm going back to 1140. (laughs) This is way easier over there. The fan. (laughs) No, man. So the the question I would have is, are you going to feel good long term about paying Demonis Sabonis 40 million a year? That's the only question I would have. And I don't know the answer necessarily, but I look at the list of dudes making you know 35 40 45 million dollars a year the max guys just about all those dudes are guys that you know 10 seconds left in the game you're down by one you're trying to get a bucket from that guy and Demonis Sabonis as good as he is offensively and what he does for your rebounding and and all of those things just not just hasn't proven to be a bucket getter and maybe he can turn into one um, but my question is like my question would be is paying a max guy who's really like really ex- exceptional on one end of the floor and less exceptional on the other on other end of the floor, is that going to hurt you long term? That's all. That's I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying I want to trade him. I'm not saying sign him, signing him to that contract was a bad idea. I'm just saying if you look at what happened in the playoffs last year, if that's if he's not going to play substantially better in the playoffs this year, like they need him to, then you know forty million dollars a year for that guy. Is is a little bit questionable, but thanks, so here's, Kyle. Really here's, appreciate you starting me off. This no, time. so so here's here's you, here's Doc. here's the thing with that. He has to have the opportunity to fail in the playoffs. Like it's like he's not being sure. afforded the opportunity mm-hmm. to fail. And then I'd make a comp. And Jesse, if you could jump in on this, is Jalen a fair comp to this? Because Jalen obviously can get a bucket, mm-hmm. but in a in a in in the final seconds of a Pistons game or excuse me, in the final seconds of a Celtics game, <laughs> you're going to Tatum. Yeah, you're going to Tatum more times than not. It's no different than in Sacramento. Like, De'Aaron's going to have the ball, and he's going to control everything. If he sees a world where Domas has a shot right there, he'll make he'll make sure Domas gets it. Mm-hmm. Domas isn't going to take the ball and create the final basket. De'Aaron's going to do that. I don't think that's terribly uncommon. No, it's it's not. But if if he's op- like he's going to have opportunities from 18 feet where teams are going to gap him and just play all the Kings shooters and leave him wide open for a jumper. And is, is he going to be confident in a big moment to take it and make it? Hmm. That's my right? question. Like, that's, that's the question I have, too. And, and again, this is I'm not saying he, he's incapable or that he won't do it, but that's just my question after after watching the playoffs last year. I really feel like the playoffs are overblown. Like what? what I, I the way the way he played in the playoffs, we're was, alone. Was yeah. really overblown. I'm not saying it was great, but people talk about that like he averaged four points a game, <laughs> four rebounds. The guy, no. the guy, the guy had a better um, playoffs than Bam Adebayo, and nobody's mm-hmm. no no not one person will say anything like that about Bam, who's probably going to make forty million dollars a year as well as well. Mm-hmm. But nobody will talk about Bam this way. I mean, because I don't talk about the but, Heat. I don't follow the Heat and watch the Heat. Well, I mean, the the people who do won't talk about mm. Bam this way. And nope, you know who else they won't do it with? They they you going you going to Siakam at the end of a game? No, because Siakam's about to get. But these are a bag bag from Indiana. That's probably a mistake. But these are also. I mean, with that. Bam, especially. I don't know so much about Siakam, but you're talking about elite defensive players. I mean, like at least, 
I mean, I all right, that's good. Cool. I thought we were going to talk Niners, man. I don't. I didn't want to come on my here. My bonus conversation. Hey, third and four, Kenny. Trying to bum everyone I'll out be completely honest. I had forgotten about uh, Chris Biederman's hate for Demonte Sabonis. I completely <laughs> but, forgot uh, until Kyle brought it back. Uh, but I'll ask this: I don't. do not hate Domas. Is I Domas? Do, I don't hate Domas. I don't want that to be a thing. Is Domas an elite offensive player? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, what are we talking about? Bam Bam is not an elite offensive player. He's an elite no, defensive player. Not. Sabonis is not an elite defense player. He's an elite offensive player. I think if you yeah. had Domas by himself, well, it would be problematic. Yes. But you don't. You have right. De'Aaron. He's part of a duo and that makes it that makes it special. And the the thing is the thing is is it will have a lot more information when the Kings play in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Right. We don't have we don't have to try to pretend like we know the answer right now yeah. because you know whether whether we're overblowing or whether I'm overblowing how he played in the Warriors series or not. There's the sample size is going to grow and we're going to have a better idea of how. No, like we're we're having fun, man. But it's okay to your Chris Biederman yeah. is a broadcast journalist. Absolutely, he's asking questions. And let's that's what you did uh, in Denver, Chris. Let's look at because you were mm-hmm. I think the only person on the on the road trip uh, these last couple of games. Um, I, I'll, I'll freely admit I was frustrated after the Phoenix game. Uh, and I felt probably a little bit better than I should after the Denver game, but um, what was your takeaway from 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 you know that those those quick one two games that had two completely different reactions uh, in Sacramento and I'm assuming on the road where you where you were? Yeah, I'll be honest. When you know the first quarter was happening in Denver, um, I, I thought you know this might be this might be ugly. This might be a blowout because you know like being around the team a little bit it was very clear that they needed the all-star break. Like those dudes are, are worn out. And and one thing I think that's probably a little bit underrated when talking about the Kings and maybe some of their inconsistencies, um, the Kings deal with inconsistencies, but their stars also play every game. Right. So it's not, it's not a scenario where like, you know, they, De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis are, are getting back, back to backs off or, you know, getting a game off every eight to 10 games, right? No, they're playing every game when they're healthy. And so instead of those days where they're sitting on the bench, they might have a bad game on the floor and it stands out in a way that's a little bit different from other teams who are resting their stars, right? So it was very clear that this team um, needed the all-star break. They've played a ton of road games lately. Um, they had the five-game trip and then they had the seven-game trip and then they go into the break with with a three-game trip all against Western Conference playoff teams. And that's not an excuse um, because every every team in the NBA has tough portions of the schedule. But um, my takeaway was the, the Denver win was super impressive given that we've seen this team kind of, I don't want to say pack it in, but just like especially on the back end of back-to-backs, like you think about the Cleveland game at the end of the the previous road trip, right? Like, you know, maybe it's just time to, to like rest up, recharge the batteries. Like let's go into the second half and build some momentum. And instead it was like deer and Fox looking at Denver as kind of a wounded bird missing Jamal Murray and and KCP and just being like, no, I'm going to go win this game. Like I'm, I'm kind of fed up with, with losing like the way they did in Phoenix and losing in OKC and not being able to close some games that, that they definitely should have closed early on in the year. So it was super impressive. And, you know, frankly, like I thought as impressive as it was for De'Aaron Fox, I think one of the things this year, it's like the scoring in the fourth quarter hasn't been quite the same. So to to get that scoring in a big spot from Fox, I, I think is big. And you could just tell talking to the dudes afterwards in the locker room, like 
that win really meant a lot to them mm-hmm. because not only is it another win against a contending team in the West, but just it changed it changes the entire vibe going into the All-Star break because if they lost that game, then it's three straight losses against Western Conference playoff teams and you're you have a week to stew on it. You know, you're probably thinking more about the ending of the Phoenix game if you have a week to stew on a loss to Denver, mm-hmm. right? You have more time to think about the OKC game, whereas it's a complete, it, it changes the vibes completely. Be like, all right, we've beat, we beat the defending champs the last two times we played them, including on their home floor, on the second night of a back-to-back, at elevation, all of that stuff you talk about. So it was super encouraging from that standpoint because, you know, I woke up in Denver Wednesday morning being like, yeah, this, this game's probably not going to be all that fun to watch. And it wasn't fun to watch from an aesthetic standpoint, but it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch them respond the way they did. I, yeah. I, I was super impressed by that. And and that type of uh, like metal, like mental fortitude, um, that's what it's going to take for them to to elevate themselves among the other Western Conference teams. Because right now, like you look at their season as a whole and those inconsistencies, that's kind of been their issue. It's been like, why why isn't it like this every night? And to come back, win a game that's ugly, not a game that's 145 to 140, but like a game where both teams are shooting below 40 percent to win an ugly game like that, I think is something they really needed. And now they have the all-star break to feel feel a lot better about themselves than they would have if they went in with a three game losing streak. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Chris, we, we heard all the reports um, after the game of uh, the music blaring in the, in the locker room, and you just talked about how um, they felt really good about getting that win in Denver. You've been with this team uh, an awful lot, you know, in the first half of the season and uh, even throughout these road trips. 
what's the vibe you get from them as far as their closeness and togetherness and, and being in this all together? Is it the same as last year? Is it a little different of a vibe? Or, um, you know, are they still through all of this saying, hey, we're, we're sticking together uh, regardless of what D'Lo and Casey are saying or anybody else, we're, we're sticking together um, and we're, we're going to figure this out together? I think the vibes are, are gen- generally pretty good. Like, I, I think not making a move at the trade deadline like that was that was really the impetus behind that was like we like what we got and we don't want to make a change and throw a new personality into the mix just to do it Mm -hmm. right because it feels like when you look at some of the guys that were moved and i know a lot of kings fans are are looking at you know royce o'neill types and and sort of fringe players fringe rotation players like oh they really could have used an upgrade like they like the guys they have and they expect kevin herter to be better in the second half and potentially in the playoffs than he was throughout, you know, the majority of the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they expect more of, you know, what they've gotten from the last month from Harrison Barnes and what they got in the previous two months. They expect De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. to um, be closer to the player he was last year. That's going to go get you a game that you probably don't deserve to win, but he's his individual brilliance is just going to stand out in the last two minutes of a game. Like we got, like they got in Denver. So like, I think the vibes are ultimately good. I think they are a close knit team. I think they're still banking on Keegan Murray to, to take another step and, and he's been banged up and and with Keegan, it's been kind of like adjusting to a new role, adjusting to, you know, more responsibility within the offense, adjusting to, you know, guarding the, the other team's best perimeter defender a lot of the year. Right. Like, so he's still adjusting to that increased workload on both sides. Um, and I think that might might be, you know, the reason for his inconsistencies a little bit. And Mike Brown mentioned that Keegan's pretty banged up um, after the Denver game, too. Uh, and he definitely needs the time off. So um, the vibes overall seem good. But that what's different overall, like from last year is last year, it was new. So like the vibes mm-hmm. are never going to be as good as they are in the first year when you break you end the playoff drought. And there's more of like a business like attitude, um, knowing that like, yeah, like these regular season cool, but it doesn't it doesn't matter if we don't win in the playoffs. Where last year there, you know, we this is all new. We have a new coaching staff, a lot of new guys. We we break through, we bust that and we get to the playoffs. Like the season's ultimately a success. But now it's like, all right, we really contenders and we gotta we gotta win at least one round in the playoffs. And we know that, you know, what happens on a random Tuesday or Wednesday during the regular season means much less than what it does uh, once once a, once a game start to count in the playoffs. Uh, when you talk about vibes being better, let's kill the vibes, Kyle, and um, <laughs> shift gears. Because obviously, yeah, Chris, we're thrilled to have you back. You cover the Sacramento Kings, uh, for the Sacramento Bee, so we'll get to talk to you a lot moving forward about the Sacramento Kings. But we got to close the door on the NFL season, and I want to be able to do that with you two here. So, Kyle, let's start with uh, – your guys's reaction to the firing of Steve Wilkes. Um, I found, I think we found the reaction to that firing very odd. Uh, mm-hmm. But you guys cover this team as closely as, 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 as my partner does and as anyone uh, I know. So your, your, your reaction when, when the 49ers moved on from Steve Wilkes. It felt like this started in week seven with that game against Minnesota when Kyle Shanahan kind of threw the defensive coordinator under the bus for that zero blitz call at the end of the first half. And then there was the effort stuff going into the break. They talked about the defensive effort just wasn't the same and they got blown out by the Bengals at home. 
And then you had the whole Steve Wilkes moving down to the sideline thing. It just never felt like that relationship quite gelled. And I think the Niners knew they were taking a little bit of a risk hiring a guy whose who's foundation is in the secondary. Excuse me. But um, I, I think they were expecting that to kind of mesh because Steve Wilkes is such a good coach and he is such a good leader and players tend to like him very much that I think they thought there was enough in the good column there that it would overcome any, any uh, hiccups there were with trying to marry whatever he wanted to do scheme wise with what the 49ers were doing scheme wise. And it just didn't quite take the way they thought it would. And that was, that was why he was, he was let go. I think all the stuff that, he got scapegoated for the Super Bowl is uh is is wrong. I don't I don't think that's what what happened at all. Yeah, I would agree. I th- I think it, it it just never fit, right? It's not about Steve Wilkes being a good defensive coordinator coordinator or not. I think it was yeah. mostly about fit. And, you know, one thing that you saw from the 49ers defense, you know, in 2019 and throughout their other years of contention with other coordinators, effort was never an issue. If anything, it was like they're overrunning plays. And they're, you know, they're not being sound in their in their gaps and they're, you know, missing tackles in the open field because they're being too aggressive or Talano Hufanga is looking in the backfield trying to make a play on the quarterback and letting somebody run free behind them for a big play. Right. Like those were the issues that the Niners defenses had previously. And to see them, you know, to, to, to have them talking about not giving enough effort in the NFC championship game that's crazy uh to me was a huge red flag and we had talked about you know we had talked about to Kyle's point Steve Wilkes's job security all the way back in the middle of the season mm-hmm. um so it, it wasn't entirely anything new I think you know I don't know I'd have to do like a deep dive on this but like throughout the NFL it's not often you hire a coach to run a scheme and not really run his own scheme Right. Like they they brought in Steve Wilkes under the guise of you're going to run this scheme that we've been running and you're going to put your own your own spin on it. But this is going to be largely the scheme that we've been running the last two years because this is what we've drafted players to do. This is what they're comfortable doing. And you're going to adjust to us. It's not going to be a scenario where you have carte blanche to implement anything you want. Right. So um, that was a little bit weird, for sure, given that Steve Wilkes hadn't run that particular scheme. Um, before and so I'm fully expecting Kyle Shanahan to go back to you know whether I don't know I don't think it'll be Pete Carroll but I I wouldn't surprise me at all if it was somebody who you know used to work on that Seattle Seattle Seahawks defensive uh, defensive staff right whether it's Marquand Manuel who Kyle Shanahan's familiar with um, from their time together in Atlanta and Manuel worked on the the Seahawks staff in 2012, 2013, I believe. And, and he's currently with Robert Sala, the 49ers, former DC, who's now the head coach of the Jets. Um, so to me, somebody like that makes sense because for, for Shanahan, he's always wanted to run that scheme with the exception of when he kicked the tires on Vic Fangio being, uh, being DC a couple of years ago when he was available. And that makes you wonder like, okay, would he be open to somebody like Brandon Staley, who's a Vic Fangio Mm -hmm. disciple who had, you know, the best defense in the league in 2020 when he was with the Rams. That's certainly a question that I'm sure the 49ers are asking themselves. Um, I think given Kyle Shanahan's track record, he's more inclined to hire like an up and coming position coach who will be a coordinator for the first time or somebody who, who's not like a head coach, a former head coach, and now coming back to be a DC like Bill Belichick, you could definitely make the case for it, but it would surprise me. Same as Pete Carroll, like Pete Carroll would make sense. You could absolutely sell it, 
but it would surprise me. But that's why I think somebody like Mark Hong Manuel or somebody like, you know, Kyle's written on NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group a few times. Um, <laughs> uh, some candidates, and uh, and I think it makes sense. But overall, like for that, for the idea that it's like a the Niners are are firing Steve Wilkes because they lost the Super Bowl to me. I think that's that's missing the forest for the trees. There were issues going back to midway through the regular season. Everything that you guys just said is is completely spot on. Uh, there was one point I wanted to to make that you know just aware of something. But before I do that, isn't Vic himself available? Didn't the Dolphins release? No, nah, he's with the he's with the Eagles. Ah, oh, he went to the Eagles. That's right. That's right. Um, so before at the beginning of the show, I got turned all the way up uh, because I saw a clip from the Super Bowl of Trent Williams. Basically, you know, he's mic'd up fourth and one play. And he's like, hey, watch, watch the QB keep, watch the QB keep or whatever. I've said it a number of different times. I'm not the only one. We all knew Mahomes was not putting his season in the hands of Pacheco on fourth and one. Like, it wasn't happening. They don't do a tush push. Out of the shotgun, no chance. Out of the shotgun. They don't do the tush push. They don't do QB sneaks with him. He was in the shotgun. There was only one outcome that was going to be in that play, and that's Mahomes keeping the ball. And everybody knew it. Trent Williams says alert the QB keep, all this other stuff. And (laughs) maybe – I. Maybe I'm not. I'm, I'm making something out of nothing. Maybe I'm making completely something out of nothing. You know where I saw that clip at? You know who posted that clip? Hmm. Fred Warner's podcast page. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, Fred Warner was also the one that I always point to when they were talking about the booth and the field. Mm-hmm. Fred was the one. Yeah, you could feel it like immediately when he moved to the field. It was just different. The energy was different. You communicate mm-hmm. different. Like it was so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd put stock in that. The the Warner House podcast is what it is. And it, it's not like, see, this guy didn't know what he's doing. It was just, it's like if Inside Clear. the NFL put it yeah. out there. Like, yeah. hey, look at Trent Williams. Even he, you know, alerted QB Keep. Mm-hmm. Like, watch more on Inside. It wasn't, it's not nothing like outwardly nefarious. But if if I'm Fred Warner and Steve Wilkes is my guy, I'm, I'm, that's not on my podcast mm-hmm. page. <laughs> it's just it's just yeah. putting all right. of the pieces together. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. And there he, was also Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa saying something to the effect of, you know, they they ran plays we weren't really prepared for. And in the in the in the chat, Sarati says, so that's on Wilkes. I've already said a number of different times. Like Nick Bosa should know that as a player. Like if I know that, like use your senses or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. But you also have a coach, and if I'm the coach. I'm not only am I saying that if I'm Nick Bosa, I'm saying that if I'm the coach, mm-hmm. hey guys, mm-hmm. Mahomes ain't passing. He's not handing off, or excuse me, he's not handing it off. Play him, play him, play him. Uh, yes, yes, that's on Wilkes as well. So yeah, you, you can you. I'm not even saying Fred Warner doesn't like Wilkes or anything else. Like you can have somebody be your coach, like him as a man, and like him, but mm-hmm. not agree with how he you know went about calling yeah. plays. And that was just. It just kind of stood out to me that that's where I saw that clip from. Yeah, player players have to make plays in that spot, and we talked about it on our on our post game podcast. Like, if you're Nick Bosa in that spot, I understand that you're going, yeah, I'm going to crash down, I'm going to try and stop this guy from getting a yard, but also like that awareness, like you said, Casey, knowing that hey, they're not Patrick Mahomes is not putting his his career not career but his, his like legacy, legacy yeah, in the hands yeah, of Isaiah yeah. Pacheco here yeah. like that's not so I, I I think there's it's definitely not oh yeah that's a that's Steve Wilk's fault or that's Nick Bosa's fault 
it's like yeah, it's kind of it's it's a little bit on on both of them for sure. Uh, Chris, we are thrilled uh, that you are back with us, man. We've got big big plans for Chris Biederman here at ESPN thirteen twenty. We missed you this season, uh, but we're glad that you're back home. And I'm sorry your 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 best friend, your man, the man you like you served in this man's wedding. And he brings you onto the show and just rolls the semi over you over you uh, ten you seconds on. into the show. Well, that's a hell of a heel turn by Kyle Matson uh, on Chris Peterman right through the barber shop window uh, to keep the wrestling references going. But um, we're I'll, thrilled uh, that you're back. We're thrilled yeah, that you're I'll, back. I'll run the bus over myself. I'll, I'll, I'm like KD joining the super team. <laughs> I'm with it. Hey, that's that's hey, that's all right. That's all right. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. We're gonna come back. Uh, Mark Jones is going to be with us. Uh, the three best when it comes to covering the San Francisco 49ers uh, are on this screen right now. So any 49ers coverage you need, uh, you've got right here on ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. <laughs> 